welcome to Chewing the Fat with Mel and Grimmy. Two PTs talking about life inside and outside of the fitness industry. Welcome everyone to episode 28 of Chewing the Fat with just Melf today. Grimmy is a very busy man. Recently moved house and I know that the there's been a few changes uh, recently with his business commitments. So I know that he's a very busy man, but hopefully for our next episode, we'll definitely catch up together on that one. But today we do have a, another special guest, which is good because it means less talking from me. And I'd like to welcome Chris to the show. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well, Mike. How are you? I'm very good. And you know both myself and Grimmy quite well, don't you? Yes. Um, we've been in that kind of like CrossFit cult for quite a while, competing with each other, having a laugh, uh, and then just enjoying ourselves. And we've kind of got this nice little bond together. And we kind of, we gel quite well, don't we? We've got quite a lot in common, a lot, especially me and you with our rugby side of things. And then Grimmy with his like lushing locks, his tattooed body. Yeah. It just kind of fits in nicely, doesn't he, really? It's a nice sandwich, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lovely sandwich. <laughs> the reason why we've got you on here today, Chris, is to talk about nutrition and specifically for young children and families. Before we go into it, give our listeners a bit more information about you know, yourself, your, what you do, uh, where you do it, and mm-hmm. yeah, the floor is yours. Right then, so I think I've always been into food myself, being a chubby little kid from the West Country. I've always loved cooking, being around it. My family, I've got a very, very large family back in Bristol, uh, back in Bath, sorry. About 20 of them, and we were all into our food. My auntie used to be catering in the NHS, so doing big batches of food. So we always go around for humongous parties, surrounded by big plates of food. And then I kind of realized when I got to secondary school that being a goalkeeper and being only five foot six wasn't really going to be something I could take into to be a, like a professional. I was getting lobbed every weekend. I was getting sick of it, <laughs> yeah. honestly, absolutely sick of it. And I remember one player coming up to me very specifically and going, oh, nice to see you again. How's it going? And I can't remember his name now, but he was a short player as well. But he commented afterwards that we said hello to each other. He went, oh, I'm going to lob you twice today. I was like, are you serious? You're actually going out of your way to lob me twice and embarrass me. Great. That was a breaking point, was it? That was it. That was like the breaking point. Absolutely. And then the thing is, my parents and my dad especially been in with the uh, RFU. Um, massive rugby fan, rugby family. Granddad's a massive rugby fan. The whole family is, to be fair. And I just took the opportunity when I was 16 and fed up of being a short ass to try rugby. So I got into rugby when I kind of had to figure out my fitness levels playing rugby because obviously you I'm a, I'm a bit short so they put me down as being a back and being a scrum half I had to really look into my food and then I decided to once I had got my or failed my GCSEs I went back to school kind of sorted those GCSEs out and got them a bit more higher and then um, went to college and studied it and had a, an actual module in nutrition which I absolutely thrived in I managed to get a distinction in it because it was like a bit of a passion of mine. Once I kind of finished that college course, which is like an exercise, nutrition and health, I decided to take that a little bit further and go into exercise, nutrition and health, but at university. And then that love for nutrition and sport just spiraled and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Managed to wingle my way into Wigan Warriors, 
and do a little bit of work experience with Wigan Warriors, which was great, just as like a shadow. Um, basing my um, nutrition around then my rugby teammates, helping them out whenever needed, because I thought I was at the bee's knees. I really wasn't. I needed to learn a lot more, but just helping them out when needed. And then we just, from then on, I finished like year three of university just with a love of trying to help kids out. And I'm a bit of a kid myself. You know this, Mike. I think you and Groom, you know this. I'm a bit of a massive kid myself. I've got currently reading the Disney book, cookbooks. <laughs> Greeted by that when you first logged Ooh, on. Look at that. Look, see, Ooh, wow. look at that. Pancakes. And that's bun, bun, fun. pancakes. Yeah. yeah. If you've seen Wreck-It Ralph 2, it's when he keeps feeding the bunny, feeding the bunny, ah, feeding yes. the bunny. That one. Film. So we've got some amazing things in this. So this is like one of my little, uh, thanks to all the guys who got this from the birthday, by the way. There you go. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bit of a passion of mine to help kids out. And being, like I said before, a bit of a kid, it kind of gels really well. Once I finished my university degree, I came back and did a little um, stint in physiotherapy just because of the, the job was there and I was working in a private hospital. And then my wife actually found me a job in Dartford in the community with the dietitians from Dart Valley. And they are some absolutely incredible people. They're so knowledgeable. They're funny with their nutrition. They know their stuff. They're so, dietitians are so underestimated because people think, oh, I'll go to a nutritionist for this. When actually, go see a proper health professional first and they will give you knowledge bombs that you'll be like, oh. and I learned so, so much in that time working with them as a dietetic support worker in the community that actually within about five months, a job came up within that community of being a, a paediatric nutritionist and working in the schools on a program called Don't Sit, Get Fit. Now, that was based around dark integration. And we were able to go into schools. We were looking at trying to target children that were a little bit more overweight and had like issues around food. So we would take on kids that would struggle with like fussy eaters, for example. And we would get the whole family in, the best we saw, brothers and sisters, dads, uncles, cousins, whatever. If they could attend, brilliant, more the merrier. And we would do that and we would be allowed, say, 12 to 16 families. And I had another person called Mr. Spratley, who was amazing at working with kids doing like the exercise type of things. So similar to yourself, Mike, kind of that fitness side, isn't it? You need that infusion. You see those people that have that enthusiasm to go, right, kids, we're doing this today. Definitely. Let's do this. Yeah. And they thrive off of that. So not only did they have this group of don't sit, get fit, not only did they have a nutritionist who was like, I love food. Let's teach you about this. Let me show you how we eat. Let's show you how we get big and strong and related to things that are current, like say Marvel, Disney, whatever it is. I think it was Ben 10 at one point related to things like that. And then you have someone else who's extremely enthusiastic about exercise um, in general and can literally play a game with kids and kids are just going, oh my God, this is amazing. And the parents yeah. look at you and go, you two are bonkers. No wonder this is so much fun. And they come back every week. We did it for 12 weeks, first of all, um, which was the first came on kind of like eight years. And obviously with contracts and stuff, it got down to then six weeks, small little blocks, worked really, really well as well, just as effective. And kids thrive from it. We could just yeah. show them our passion, show them our love for what we do and how to get nutrition across that they would go away learning something fair so be it kids wouldn't come in and you know lose weight but they would come in and make healthier better choices yes and actually parents would be so much more happier with them at home in terms of like dinner time lunch time them trying foods them knowing about what's in foods 
So overall, that program was absolutely amazing. Just so happens that COVID came along and gave me a little kick up the bum. Thinking about what you were just saying there with sort of those specific age ranges, mm. what sort of ages are you currently working with? So I'm currently working now because of uh, COVID and that contract expired. I'm working at the Grand in Gravesend. Uh, and I'm their healthy living nutrition coordinator. So at the moment, we run a family fit session on a Monday afternoon and a Thursday afternoon from 3.45 to 4.30. And we do that in Gravesend. And we invite children and parents to come along just to want to get fit. And I've had to sadly take over the food bit as well as the exercise bit. And now it is more exercise based outside to try and get kids active again. Yeah. And we're looking to go back into schools and do the nutrition thing once kind of COVID and restrictions have eased. That's another challenge that you have to add to your list of many I'm sure you've faced over the years. Myself, being a dad and I've got a six-year-old and nearly a four-year-old now, and mm. you go through the different stages of the eating. So, you know, initially when they first start eating, it's like they'll eat anything and everything. Yeah. And yeah, then when yeah, they start yeah. experiencing new tastes and preferences, yeah. that's when the challenges start to come. Absolutely. So let's be specific for a child aged between five and 11, that age group, what are the most common challenges in relation to eating habits that you normally see? So, so we're looking, we're talking like primary school, yeah? So that yeah, is like my, yeah. my jam, primary school. So in terms of primary school, the main two things that is the big issue when, you, when families come to me is number one, education, what they know and what they know about food. And number two is just understanding of it. So parents need to understand the basics of a healthy balanced meal, the basics of what kids should snack on, what they are, what they say they should keep to a minimal if they can, and then what things they should have and they should have for definite every single meal and daily. So we're looking at things like the common challenges that we found that, especially when people come to the Don't Say Get Fit project or the, the program, was things like they would be overeating and that could be just in general, parents just giving them meals that were the same size as theirs. So you'd have a six year old, so take for example, Mike, you could use your six year old as a really perfect example. If you were to give, is it a, what's your six year old, boy or girl? Yeah, boy, yeah. Boy, so if you were to give him your plate of food that you have in the evening, sit there, What's the likelihood of him eating the whole plate? Highly unlikely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to remember that these kids are younger. They're going to be, their portion size is 100% less than what you expect. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be a little bit more, okay, have this. And if you don't feel hungry after this, you can have a little bit more, that type of thing. Yes. Whereas yeah. if you go, right, you've got to sit here and eat all of this. My brother was the best. Now, my brother was a very fussy eater. And if he's going to watch this, hello, little bro. Um, he's got a little one. So my nephew is uh, two and he's pretty good with his food. He pretty, Rob, my brother, pretty gives him food out in front of him and he just stuffs his face. He loves it, right? But Rob as a youngster at that age bracket we're talking about at five to 11 was extremely fussy. So the reason I became chubby was because when they had things like spag bowl, for example, this always thing that I will remember he would always pick out, mum would finely chop the onions, finely chop tomatoes and stuff in it, and all the vegetables. He would pick them out, the little bugger. Literally, the onions. I don't like onions. Obviously, <laughs> his West Country accent. I don't like onions. And I put them on the side. And then he would literally look at me and go, as soon as the parents were left the table for whatever reason, he'd go, finish this for me. Finish it, please. Go on, please. 
because he was so desperate to have cereal because that was his yeah. niche and like, that's what he loved that I ended up being the one who consumed way more and overeating <laughs> constantly too many carbs too much protein probably not enough vegetables but they're yeah. the things we see nowadays yeah and that's probably the most infuriating thing when you see parents come in and you say well what's the problem? I don't think there is a problem with them actually they eat quite well but what do they eat and then you have to get into the nitty-gritty oh well, okay so give me a little food diary let's see what she's like or he's like and let's see actually what they're eating. And it comes in and you'll see them. They have cocoa pots for breakfast. For lunch, they're having pizza because they can choose it. Um, or this is the day before like schools had their um, food plans in place. So they have to have vegetables and supply kids with very fruit veg. And then they would go home and they would have smiley faces, dinosaur meat, baked beans. Yeah. And I had, my brother had a little mate called Johnny Higgins. And he used to have, every time he used to come over, chicken nuggets chips and beans and he came over twice a week i was like oh yeah. God's sake. when you look back at it, he's like oh my god why did we not ever give him some vegetables so yeah in terms of those challenges you've got quite a lot of challenges in that age bracket and they're always going to be picky they're always going to kind of push the boat aren't they and you yeah. probably see it now with your kids but in terms of like education and understanding we got to make sure we educate the kids properly so they understand that balance of food and what they need to help them be healthy and then we need to make sure that they understand it as well. So putting things into a perspective where it's fun and it's interactive. Yeah, I think that's what is perfect. What you said is it's fun, interactive, and, mm. and it's got to be relevant as well to them right now. Like you mentioned about, right, this makes you big and strong or, you know, this will help mm. you do this and think of cats in America or yeah, blah, exactly. blah, blah, blah. You know, so you're trying to make it a bit more sort of fun rather than saying, well, you know, you need to eat this amount of protein per day. They'll be like, uh-huh. Yeah, they're just not going to know. They're not going to understand that. They're not going to know, oh, I need 0.1.1 I need gram of protein per kilogram body weight <laughs> yeah. because yeah. if I don't consume it, my muscle growth is not going to grow properly so I don't end up being big and strong. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? These are little kids. They're not going to exactly. understand that. All you want to know is, do they know what a bit of protein is? It's going to make their muscles nice and strong. All right, tell me what a protein is. Cool. Chicken. Nice. There you go. There's one. What happens if you're vegetarian or vegan? Can you go, oh, uh, 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 wait a minute. I know this one. Tofu or beans or yes. corn or yeah. whatever. So you're giving them as much variety as they possibly can. And you don't want to go down, oh, you must have this amount. We just must look at ways of telling them and educating them on, right, a balanced meal is one carbohydrate. What's a carbohydrate? Carbohydrate gives you energy. What's energy? Oh, we're running on the spot. What kind of food will give you energy? Go. And they'll go, oh, uh, pasta, uh, potato, oh, rice. Yes, good. Yeah. Yes, we're on it. Awesome. Right. Now, what's a protein? Okay, let's go. I don't know. Think about it. Go. What makes our muscles nice and strong? And you can stand there and pose and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And they'll get it. Mm. They'll click on it. They're like, oh, cool. Fish, chicken, beef, beans, pulse, dentals, and all that type of thing. And then they've got, okay, right, now what's fruit and veg? Oh, I know fruit and veg. There's loads of it. And they'll know orange, banana, and apple, and that's it. They won't know the other things because we just haven't, or parents keep it to things that are so restrictive in the house. Sure, yeah. That, like, in, actually, there's so many things. Time of year, like it is now, where it's getting warmer and we're coming to the summer, those, like, really fruity fruits, pineapples, mangoes, and things that are all coming into season, blueberries, strawberries. There's so much more that kids can have. You just got to yeah. think like outside the box. It goes back to the education mm. and the responsibility of parents as well, and mm. some statistics on obesity rates of, of children. Mm. And um, a particular study they done last year in 2020, I think it was statistics on obesity, physical activity, and diet uh, in England. Yeah, and they said that for reception year, so obesity prevalence was 9.7 percent which is up 
from the previous year. Um, yeah. A year six student was 20%. And then uh, they're saying about obesity prevalence was generally higher in boys than girls in both age groups. But the interesting thing for me was on this was that 26% of children of obese mothers were also obese. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, and 22% of children of obese fathers were themselves obese too as well, compared to 7% mm. of, say, children whose mothers were neither overweight or obese. So you can see the difference. Mm. More times as likely that your child's going to be overweight or obese if you are as well. So it kind of carries down. That's why the, it does, it's great yeah. to hear that, you know, it's a family thing, not just, right, Absolutely. off you go, son, to go to classes. The family are taking responsibility too, aren't mm. they? Yeah, and then when they, like, for example, when they attend the class and they've signed in, parents didn't realise that they have to get involved as well. But the more the parents get involved, the more the likelihood is for that child to then succeed. Because all they're doing is they're being like a role model, like your kids, Mike, they would look up to you as their role Poor kids. Your... <laughs> <laughs> they've got no hope. Let me, let me be like, oh, who's that? I'm like, my name's Chris. We're going to teach you how to help me. Who oh, is this loony tune? But yeah, you are like adults and parents are all role models to their children anyway. No matter who, like Captain America and you can, and like Hulk and all these type of things around now that people are, kids are like in, completely engrossed in, that's all well and good. But if they, if your parent comes in and says this and that, they're more likely to look at the parent and go, yeah, okay, I believe you because that's just the likelihood of, that's just genetics. That's just how we're brought up, isn't it? Like my dad's still my massive idol now. So is my mum in different ways. And when we were growing up, it was about, you know, let's eat as healthy as we can. Yeah. And, and we do that. So when you now, when people look at their family and look at their uh, children, and if they can see that their child is getting a little bit overweight, maybe as a family, we need to change your regime. If you can cool. implement something like, I don't know, a little walk together. Like we've got my uh, little staff, who's Lola, and we, me and my wife, walk constantly we go together if we can we do our very very best and I know that families if they have dogs tend to let one parent go out for a walk take the whole family out go out together as a walk do things as a family it's so much better for you and it goes the same with food as well it's getting them involved in in cooking kind of just perfectly segued your way to my uh, next question how do you make cooking fun so how do you almost approach that element uh, we approach it in a way where it's right so it's got to be healthy and to do that to be as healthy as you possibly can we've got to cook from scratch and yes it might mean taking maybe oh, an hour maybe maybe a bit more to actually invest in your child's growth so it's a boy, you don't have to go crazy with it. We can make it really simple. You could do the old school. You could just put, for example, maybe a little bit of chicken in the oven, chicken breasts, which your kids could help season. You could show them that chicken, when you touch it, yes, it feels this way. It feels a bit maybe slimy. There's maybe a very, it shouldn't have a smell to it. Definitely not. But you get your kids involved in actually the whole process of cooking. So you can make meals really simple, really basic. It can be chicken, a bit of broccoli. It can be chicken. It can be salad. It can be steak, whatever you fancy. It can be fish. Now, this can actually open up to anything. As long as you get them involved in the process from the beginning to the end, 
and remembering that in between those things, we can try and taste if it's safe. Amazing. They should be involved. They should be looking at what you do. You should be showing them the passion that you have for it. You should be saying, oh, look, we're going to have this tonight. This is going to be fantastic. Mm. We used to do a little meal where we do, we chop up, we'd ask kids to chop up as a family chicken breast into little cubes. We then get them to dip it into flour, egg, and then some breadcrumbs and do like homemade chicken nuggets. But the kids would pretty much run that uh, session and the parents would just stand by and just make sure they're safe throughout the whole process. Yes, we would give kids knives, little mm. knives, cutting knives. We go through the safety process, washing hands, etc. Yeah. But just making sure that when the kids are starting the process they know exactly what they're feeling they're like okay this feels right but we're going to cut this and it might smell a little bit different and it's just yeah. making sure they're aware of that whole process from the very beginning all the way through to the end so you yeah. could do chicken breast in the oven 30 minutes we'll leave it we'll season it with some little things brilliant that's going to taste lovely we're going to do some broccoli because everyone loves broccoli at the moment why not mm. but you're going to have the broccoli whole and then making it fun you're going to ask them to rip their florets off Use their hands to rip it. Don't chop it. There's no need to. Just rip it. They can't rip it. Oh, I think you need to eat a little bit more broccoli and your uh, vegetables, definitely, to help you with that. Because uh, give it a couple of months and you'll be so strong. You'll be like Uncle Mike with the florets. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> and then um, you could go next thing you do, you could cook some pasta. So all you want them to do is have the pasta in the bag. All we're going to do is we're going to put this in the boiling hot water and you can do it. Pour it in. Just make sure you don't splash yourself or show them or guide them how to do it. And then you're going to cook that process. Give them a little, if you use penne pasta, you can get it out while it's been in there for like two minutes and be like, try this. What does this taste like? Oh, it's hard. Oh, right. Now it's a bit softer. Does this taste better? Have a sauce ready. It can be for like time preferences. You can use those Dormio ones. There's no harm in it. We're looking at a balance of food. We're not looking at in-depth content. We're not looking at things like, for example, if we did once ones with like professional athletes, then yes, you'd have to look at things like that. But these are children, remember? You yeah. want to make things as quick and as easy as you possibly can. Yeah. So doing that, so you've got chicken, broccoli, pasta with some tomato sauce. Amazing. Throughout each stage, uh, they're either going to try and taste it or feel it. Obviously not put the hand in boiling water. No, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, once it comes to the end, you can then portion it up for them and then say, look, you have made this. Look at this meal. This is going to be incredible. But you have to get that enthusiasm across to them if you want them to make any changes um, yeah. throughout their lifestyle. Sometimes after a swimming session with my son or after a gymnastic class, sometimes we'd take him to a, a well-known American fast food chain. And yeah, and he would like his chicken nuggets. What we try to do is reenact that almost a homemade one as well. First time we served him on the plate, he looked at it and he's like, What's that? Oh, chicken nuggets, like you had, you know, at so and so. He's like, uh, This is not chicken nuggets. And then, like, literally, he wouldn't even, wouldn't even attempt to taste it. But, like you mentioned, I think the week after my wife just got him involved in the, the process of making it, literally, mm. from start to finish, he just waffled it down a whole lot. You so know, it's such an from, amazing process. You know, so, literally, going from a week, of not even attempting to try it. And then next week, he just, he saw exactly how it was made and, and he's like, oh, wow. You know, and then he couldn't wait to get his hands on it. It's a really good idea to involve your child in oh, that process as, as often as you can. Mm. And I think I've heard of families actually keeping uh, rubbish leftovers, like, like the chicken nugget box, and actually using that, but homemade ones they would put in the chicken nugget ah, box. Yeah, yeah. So when the kids open it, they actually go, oh, they're different. And then they try and they go, we made them ourselves but we've just put it in the box. The box is all about the, the visual side of things. We always eat with our eyes first, don't we? 
So whenever you look at it, you go, if that looks nice, you're going to have it. But if it looks like an absolute steak, like a dog's dinner, you're going to go, what is that? Seriously, what are you What are you giving me? What? Yeah. I don't know what that is. So there's, there's ways, there's little knacks, there's little tricks, there's little ways of getting through to kids. It's just making sure that, yes, you keep you have that enthusiasm around for that food, um, that passion for what you want from them. And if you do need to sneakily change it a little bit, get those little bits of, like, keep a, I don't know, um, what have we got? I'm just trying to think of, uh, so for example, like Subway, you can make your own make homemade Subway roll, but just stick it in the little Subway bag. Mm. It's a different baguette, it's a homemade baguette, you know what's in it, all well and good. You could do this way to that, but like you said, using those, that very well-known American takeaway <laughs> brand, <laughs> then um, yes, you can use those certain burger boxes and put your own little burger in it. And that way they're still understanding that actually homemade stuff might be a little bit more tasty than what you get from uh, said industrial takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, again, if I refer back to the study on the NHS website and yeah. quite worrying fact was they said that children living in say most deprived areas, so mm. obesity prevalence was more than double that of those living in least deprived Which is areas. Gravesend and Dartford, where I was working, yeah. so it was absolutely. So yeah. yeah, so obviously when there's more access to sort of cheaper sort of convenience foods, mm. I guess. Absolutely. How easy is it to cook nutritious food for the family on a budget? Yeah, I think you can. There's ways of getting around it, so you can use those nutritious things like tin stuff is actually quite healthy for you. Everyone's like, oh, the salt content of it. Oh, oh, it's too much sugar. Actually, if you read the label properly and you're spreading it out within a large meal, it's absolutely fine. You can, like I said before, you can use those Dolmio jars if you wanted to. You're not having the whole jar. You're absolutely fine. You might have a smaller portion than what uh, your parents have or your children have or larger portion, whatever. But there's ways of going around it. We can buy, the vegetables are always cheap. You can buy them in bulk and they last for a while. You can freeze them as well. You can buy frozen fruit or veg if it's a little bit cheaper for you. With terms of like the protein, if you're trying to make it make it as balanced as you can, um, go into things like frozen meats if you can as well, because you can buy a bigger bag of it. That can help. And also then in terms of like pasta and rices, there's no harm in using packet rice if you need to. So yeah, there's definitely ways around it. Tin stuff really helps. Frozen stuff helps as well as having that freezer and having that available. Uh, and don't be afraid to just use packet stuff if needs be. Um, as long as you're getting the balance of food out, the actual quality of it in terms of the children growing up is absolutely fine for now. We shouldn't be looking at, oh, the, we should go cook your own rice instead of packet rice. But actually, if your family is very, very busy, packet rice can come in quite handy. And the same for anything frozen, same for um, things like... Uh, Jacket potatoes, put a, a sweet potato in the microwave. Microwaves are apparently deadly. Oh no, but they've been around for ages and somehow generations have been able to survive with it. Sweet potato, six minutes in the microwave. Brilliant, easy peasy. Yeah, I think sometimes we try Absolutely. to be two speech marks healthy by doing everything it's got to have like no sugar in or no mm, fat Absolutely, in. yeah, yeah. It has to be the most common way is clean, yeah. whatever that is. Yes, you know. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, with children, so if you, we've got to take this conversation back to like kids, haven't we? That clean process, if you tell a child, oh, we're going to eat clean, they're going to be like, oh, well, I've had a shower. What are you on about? Or, oh, is it is that food not, is it dirty, that food? And then they'll start washing. Then you're going down a whole different route. So you need to remember that with children, it's got to be fun. It's got to be engaging. 
and you've got to be able to make sure it's easy to understand. So if they have their meal, like we've discussed before, chicken, pasta, broccoli with Dolmio sauce, they've got everything they need. They should be able to tell you that, yes, I've got one of my five a day. Yes, I've got a portion of protein and some carbs and I've got a bit of tomato sauce to make it taste nice. What more could you ask for? As long as that portion size isn't like Uncle Mike's, then you're at, and that's for a six-year-old, then exactly. or daddy, yeah. should I say, then yeah, you're absolutely fine. You're gonna your kids will and start to like understand a little bit more about healthy eating. Yeah. It's quite a common thing. You see kids eating the same as their parents, they get into a habit of just doing it. Definitely. Would you suggest using things like smaller plates for kids? That way parents get a better idea of how to to fill a plate more suitably. Absolutely, yeah. Do a do a smaller plate. Kids shouldn't have a massive plate anyway. It's too um it's too much for them. It's too kind of like overwhelming. When they look at the plate, so some parents you would see and their plate would literally be like this big, wouldn't it? For some parents. Yeah. And then you give that plate that in front of a child and they're gonna go, What? <gasps> eat all this. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, and then like we said before, and we've discussed it before, we do eat with our eyes first. So if you can give them a small enough portion if they feel hungry afterwards give them 20 minutes and maybe they can have something a little bit extra. But yeah. if you can keep that portion, you've got to remember now we do a little session on portion sizes. Um, and when we do these sessions, we don't say get fit. I've got them in little groups. So I've got normally myself, I would take the kids to do this and then Mr. Spratley would do, or Mr. S would do the adults. And we have the same session. So it's all about using our hands to help you with your portion sizes. So with kids, we get them to draw around their fist. That's their portion of carbohydrates. We physically get them to draw around it. Mr. S is over in the corner doing exactly the same thing with the adults, using coloring paper, using coloring pens, making it like a little child to when they look back and look behind them and their kids are like, Woo, look at me go. That's my portion size for carbohydrates. You're absolutely laughing. And they'll take that home and then parents get another like incentive to use better portion sizes i was gonna finish on a question we've had from a listener so i'll read it out my grandson will only eat beige food, chips, yeah. bread, cheese crisps, chicken nuggets. If you put vegetables or normal food on his plate, he will not touch his plate. He will sit and cry and go hungry and have a meltdown. Yeah. His mum has tried everything. It's got to a point now that because of the upset, no one tries to get him to eat normal food anymore. So we've all given in to this. He is eight years old and he has a really unhealthy relationship with food mm -hmm. i would welcome any suggestions that doesn't involve him sitting staring at a plate of food crying whilst everyone around him tries to force him to eat it's a massive stress problem his yeah. six-year-old brother will literally eat anything so i know it's him i'd appreciate hearing your opinion because i'm sure we are not the only ones that are like this oh there's loads of people out there there are so many families out there with that same issue it's very very common um what I would probably say to start with would be like we've spoken about, you know, when we spoke about getting kids involved in cooking, keeping it really simple and just taking them through the process of this is what we're having for dinner tonight. I would like you to get involved and let's have some fun with it. So get him involved in touching the food, 
getting involved in smelling the food, what it smells like beginning. You have to almost take him back to uh, a baby again, almost. Where with babies, they start off with grabbing the food, feeding the food. Mm -hmm. Normally, nine times out of 10, when you start like weaning kids, this is more like down like a dietitian route with the weaning side of things, because you have to kind of make sure the kid's ready, et cetera. But it's a matter of like texture, feel, smell, that kind of, all those senses that we have. And nine times out of 10, kids just go like this anyway, don't they? They shove everything in their mouth. So you might have to take him back to being a child again. So we're having whatever you're having for dinner tonight. It could be absolutely anything. Touch it in its raw state, every single item. Make sure his hand's nice and clean first. Um, that even goes for meat as well. Just make sure, obviously, he knows that when he touches it, he has to wash his hands again thoroughly. And then make sure that he knows what exactly is going into that dinner. Now, the next thing that parents can do uh, that can really put a child off is to force them to eat something. You are better off allowing him to have his food, okay, his beige food, whatever at dinner time. But every now and then, just implying that number one, we want you to get big and strong. So would you be nice enough? If I do this, could you try this food? And all I want you to do is put your hands in it, smell it. And the first time you want him to try something, whatever it may be, it could be peas. Put it in your hand. I want you to squish that pea. Squish it. Cool. Well done. Brilliant. Round of applause. Loads of reward. Ignore the rest of it. If he doesn't eat his peas, fine. Leave it. The next progression would be, okay, I want you to smell it, squeeze it. And then if you're ready, would you be able to maybe give it a little lick? And if he doesn't like it, fair enough. No, we'll come back to that later. This, mind you, is going to be a long-winded process. And it's going to take a while. There's going yeah. to be more tantrums, way more tears, right? But... If you can start that process of getting all the senses going, yeah, and that is in cook state and raw state, then actually, when they start really looking into it, they might, nine times out of ten, actually give it a little taste. They might pull a face, they might puke it up, they might gag, things might happen, you might, you might just go, oh my god, I can't do this again. But you need to be persistent with it. You need to consistently do this. Now, government have always said, well, actually, from what I've learned from the dietitians and what we learned at university, taste buds, trying things. It's about 17 times before you can say you don't like it. So yeah. I would say to this eight-year-old, you can't tell me that you don't like things because you haven't tried it 17 times yet. And that's a standard. <laughs> so that's 17 times. 17 times. 17 times, absolutely. And that's what we used to say for the Don't See Get Fit group. So you, if you can't tell your parents, and they would be stood right next to them, that you don't like a food until you've tried it 17 times. Nine times out of 10, an adult will go, you've only tried it once. Yeah, it does work. Honestly, it mm. really does work. Oh, wow. It just takes a little bit of time to be, okay, you've tried it once, twice, three. You can go, okay, you've done 10 times. Well, we've only got a couple more times to try it. Lo and behold, actually, later on down the line, they might be able to sit down and take a mouthful of it. Anything they, these kids do, or he does, the eight-year-old, anything he does, which is a surprise, you should engulf him with reward. Now, that is not food reward. That could be a sticker. It could be an incentive that if you do this, I'm going to give you um, five points. Those five points are going to lead to a prize at the end of it, but we've got to make up 100 points. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. For, for this child, and if the brother's doing it, you could put an incentive of all your brothers getting big and strong, but I want you to get big and strong as well because you need to support your little brother because you're the older one. So what we'd like you to do is just to try this food because I want you to get your big and strong. And if you try it, we're going to give you five points. If you try yeah. a sprout, I'm going to give you 50 points. Yeah. And if you do that and you give them a reward incentive on 
something they can do outside or go somewhere is so much better, better for health as well, rather than going, I tell you what, if you try this for me, you can have a Twix after. And it's just not the same thing because the Twix is just, that's something they really want anyway. Exactly. Give them something a little bit more. Go go out for the day or something or treat them when you're out. Yeah. Find ways of getting around it because if his brother eats it, he is definitely going to eat it. Absolutely, he will eat these foods. It's just that you've just got to be really persistent with him. If he cries, he cries. You can still give him his dinner. That's fine. If he doesn't eat certain things, don't you don't have to go crazy at him. There's no need to shout him at the dinner table. It should be a fun experience anyway. Just try and be as calm as you can. If he doesn't eat it, fine. He can have his little yogurt for dinner, and that's it. And that's all he's getting. If he does go hungry, he goes hungry. He can, they're not going to starve. This is not going to hurt them detrimentally. All right? It just means he's going to be hungry later on. So in the morning, he'll wake up and he go, I'm really hungry for breakfast, mum. But we've got this for breakfast. This is what we're having. Yeah. And it's making sure you're, you're assertive, but you're making sure that they understand why this is happening. In terms of the eight-year-old and not having his vegetables, vegetables you should be, as a family, eating around the table and saying, oh, I love my veg. These are amazing. Try and get as many vegetables as you possibly can. Yeah. But it's making sure that when you're doing that, it's all a fun experience. It's not tense. It's not intense. It's not like, oh, you must do this. You must eat this. I'm sick of this. This is stupid. Why are you not eating this? It's got to be more fun. You're going to put them off for life. And you'll end up just having, it'll be one of these kids growing up and just having smiley faces at home all the time. Yeah. But mm. as long as you can make it as fun as you can, get them into cooking, get them into the build of the process in terms of what you're having for dinner you might see very small sorts of changes. Any changes he makes, anything he does, which is worth a massive praise or reward, then please do it. And if this individual and this family wants more help, then I'm more than happy to help them when they need to. I've already picked up things already I'm going to try at home. In all fairness, my wife has done a fantastic job. Like you've mentioned, tries to make things more fun, like themed weekends, you know, American oh, yes. theme or one on Australia theme. Mm. So if anyone is listening and wants to get in touch with you, what's, what's the best way for them to, so, to get in contact with you, Chris? You can get me through work. So I'm at hello at the grand.org.uk. That's my first one. And then I can, if those that want to really get, get to me directly and not go through work, then I am Chris Spreadbury 88 at outlook.com. Fantastic. You're also a head coach up at a local CrossFit gym. Is that right? Yes. So NWK CrossFit in Gravesend. So I'm one of the head coaches. I'm their chief programmer. <laughs> it's going to hate me saying that. Yes, yeah, so I do all their program with it. And we try and, you know, get as much fun and enthusiasm as, as I can throughout, through me, through the, yeah. through the, the day session or the WOD. Oh, oh my profile. Instagram is, I think I'm under spreaders. Spreaders. Yes. Yeah. So far, I've referred to you as Chris, and it's actually Chris Spreadbury. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, after all that, yeah. Sorry, guys. Do you know who I am, Mike? Yeah, everyone knows who Chris yeah, is, I, surely. Everyone knows I who Chris is. <laughs> yeah, you know Chris. Everyone I don't know. Spreaders. Yeah, everyone knows spreaders. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm under spreaders on Instagram, and it's, uh, it's a photo taken by a friend of mine of me standing. It's a very, very good photo, probably oh, one of. Excellent. Good profile. You know, when you get that, re that one photo, and oh. usually you look honking no matter what. It's one of the best photos I've ever had. I'm just going to leave it on there now. Oh, it's me sideways. It's like a, I could send it into an agency and be like, I'll, I'll model for what you need, guys. What do you want me to do? Oh. Burberry, anything, you name it. I'll do a bit of Reebok. <laughs> oh, wait, Nobles now. Whatever. But yeah, oh, so I'm going to spreaders and they can contact me that way. Facebook or Facebook Messenger can contact me as well. 
but just send me an email. I'm more than willing to chat to people who want that extra help in terms of their family and their children. Any ages, five to 11, that's my kind of like niche, but we can, I can help with teenagers, it's just that teenagers don't think I'm cool. I don't know why. I don't know, I'm just not in with the lingo, sadly. Oh. Well, Chris, it's been fantastic from me, guys. Stay safe, stay well. Any final words, Chris? Enjoy your food, be as a family, get kids involved, and just enjoy, enjoy it for what it is.